Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Martin, welcome back to the podcast. Good to see you again. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. So uh, this time, I uh, thought we'd go with a bit of a Q&A format. So there's going to be questions that are fielded in by people that have been listening to the podcast and either uh, texted or emailed them in in various ways. Um, so straight to it. First question is from a Brian here, again, of which we have many in uh, North Carolina. And um, he asks, since you travel pretty extensively to teach, you're around the world quite a bit all the time. What are some recent lessons from travel, such as like challenging teaching situations, stuff like that, that have been instructive for you in your own approach, either to teaching or to learning? I think one of the main things is no matter where you go, to set the tone of what you're going to teach at the beginning of the class instruction in the martial arts and i've done it before as well where if you kind of go in you kind of go in with an attitude that you're gonna be the tough guy in the room hmm. or the tough guy in the room and everyone's here to learn from you they pick up on that attitude and they act like that with each other and don't really learn anything it just becomes sort of survival of the fittest hmm. somehow. but if you go in with the uh, and kind of break the ice and say look uh, which is very true in most cases. You know, the, the, I, I know everyone here, in here can fight. I'm not here to teach you how to fight. Yeah. I'm here to show you a concept of Sistema. The best way to do that is to start slowly and learn slowly because slowly, it's a different concept than probably what you've learned before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, try and be here to help each other. And if you do that, then it kind of sets a tone in the room that allows people to make mistakes and to slowly progress through a concept rather than you know show that they're there to how, how tough everybody is or whatever that is and, and you know you could be i could be in a room full of extremely tough guys yeah you know, like a you know, special forces unit or swat team or something like that and yeah everyone has kicked in more doors than i've had lunches and <laughs> it's definitely the tone that you set is important do you think it's do you think it's important from a kind of a, a didactic perspective to outline what it is that you're going to cover or because i've seen kind of different approaches like some people like to say look we're going to be looking at groundwork this whole weekend we'll be looking at aspects of how you control your emotions blah 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 so you kind of tell them what to expect before you deliver on it and i've seen others and it seems like the russian methodology is more like right guys we you know we're going to do this and just trust me you know <laughs> we're going to get on with it and by the end of it trust me that the drills are going to build up to something that you want to learn kind of thing in some way so i've seen both approaches and i feel like they both work but what's what you, what's your take on that how much of a preamble do people need before they start working it depends on the culture of the you know teaching method or method that the culture is used to hmm. uh, i tend to explain what i'm going to do first and you know give them a, at least a direction as to where we're going hmm. i think I think it's also useful to demonstrate what you're going to do before, like the end point or close to the end point before you really start what you're doing. So at least they have a direction of which road they're on and then have something to build towards. That yeah. Be quite so kind of following on from that, um, we had another question is, how do you check whether or not in Systema that you're learning a new concept properly? And there's kind of a little bit of a follow-up to explain the question, which is a lot of our training in Systema involves subtle distinctions, like, for example, moving because you breathe um, versus breathing and moving at the same time, you know, things like that, or or escaping from an attacker being free versus, you know, um, allowing an attacker's movements to, to slightly kind of influence yours and all that kind of stuff. It's There's sometimes... How do you know if, if you're doing the drill as described um, and learning the concept as intended versus kind of fooling yourself? I would say everything is results-based. I don't really sort of 
Yes, obviously, if I'm learning from anybody anything, I want to first listen to what it is that they're trying to show me because I may have an idea of what that is. If I don't actually listen to the person teaching me, I'm not going to absorb their methodology and the reason that they do something. Like, for example, if I'm training with Vlad yeah. uh, or, or Mikhail or someone, and they say, okay, we're going to do punching today. Hmm. You know, I'm a fairly practiced punch striker, and I sort of burst into my own personal routine of doing something. Yep. I may achieve the result that I want, but it, I may not actually learn from them the subtlety of changing my elbow position or, you know, say I'm with a boxing coach or something Yeah. That, that's going to help me to do something better. So I may not like the approach at first as to what they're teaching me because obviously you have your own way of doing things and that's much more comfortable, but it may not be as effective as what you're being taught. Yeah. So it's important at first to at least try to learn in the method that the person is teaching you how to do something. After that point, then I think you have to, it has to be results-based. How does this work for me? Because in the in the fight, obviously, the teacher is not going to be, I mean, if they were, therefore, you'd be awesome. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of on your own, right? yeah, exactly. I'll just, I'll just step yeah. behind Vlad or step behind you. <laughs> yeah. So um, he'll sort it out. It'll be fine. <laughs> behind Vlad, be, I'll be behind Vlad. So it'll be, it'll be, <laughs> be, a, be a line of us. It's definitely important. Yeah, which kind of chicken and egg situation, you know, do, do I breathe and move? Do I move and breathe? Do I use my breathing to move? Do I use my movement to breathe? Yeah. I would say try all of them. Yeah. Don't, if you're taught a concept like, or you're learning a concept like, I need to breathe to move, then yeah. breathe to move, then move to breathe, hmm. then hold your breath and move. Once I'm given a concept, then I have this lab of my body and my mind, yeah. which I throw that concept into, and I'm going to be my own peer reviewer, and I'm yeah. going to try discount possibility of doing it in some in a bunch of different situations or account for using it in a bunch of different situations. So I'm going to keep flipping it on its head until I find the optimum way of using that concept. So what I'm kind of hearing is that you're kind of sort of saying, don't worry too much about doing the thing, trying to interpret too soon exactly what it is, try and listen as much as possible to what the instructor is telling you and then play with the variables and then kind of test them a little bit, right? So that you can integrate it. So you kind of, you experiment first and then you integrate kind of that way. And it's okay to be doing your own work during a, a class when they might be teaching something else. Is that fair to say? Or? I mean, yeah. If you have a missile system and they told you tell you to hit these three buttons in a row and that's what you have to do to make the missile fire, yeah. then you will learn how to hit those three buttons in a row. But if your body and a consciousness don't really work that way. Yeah, but I, I think kind of what, Knowing the question here, I think I, uh, what it's getting at is, I mean, I've experienced this before where, you know, you could do a, a drill as simple as kind of grab and escape or something, right? Uh, where one person's kind of grabbing, the other person's just looking to escape, right? Not really doing takedowns, not really doing counters, not striking or, you know, impeding movement in any way. Um, and you can do that during a lot of ways, right? You can do that with a view to relaxing yourself as the escapee, right? And not providing any resistance to the grabs and just kind of finding your way into the empty spaces around people's attacks things like that and you can use that to relax your shoulders and your hips right as a as a kind of a preamble to doing a more combative drill or you can do it as to like well i'm not gonna dip my head at any point i'm just gonna treat my spine like a, a static thing and then use my feet as the platform that carries that around and read their motion early enough that i don't have to dip underneath their arm and things right your footwork is good enough that you can get around it or you can do it other ways which is like somebody's grabbing you and you have to kind of stabilize and then you know kind of be the tree trunk that they kind of fall off and then shrug little pieces of your body off like disassociate just a shoulder or something so that, that's 
three variants and there's probably about another 23 <laughs> that we could go into of, of that single drill and sometimes it's you know when you're given that parameter you're like okay guys grab an escape and you can feel yourself doing the drill and then the instructor comes over and says no no no, no you're doing it all wrong you need to relax more and you're like oh okay and you start to kind of move away from things and then somebody else will come along and say no no, no you need to keep more of your structure and don't dip underneath <laughs> and then you change partners and somebody else is like no you need to do it more like me sometimes you can get lost in this morass of like who am i supposed to be copying here i thought this was supposed to be me like if figuring out what my system of movement is. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's what kind of what he's getting at. It's like, how do you self-check? How do you become your own feedback mechanism so that you um, don't have to take the input from everybody? We guys grab you as hard as I can and try these methods out until you effectively escape. Okay. <laughs> do it all. Do it all, Wesley. Yeah. And figure out what was for you the most effective thing and then work backwards through a drill to drill something that helps you understand that better and then try another part of it and do the same thing right. until we kind of have these multi-layered effect. You see, the problem with, I think, the no disrespect to the question, I completely understand what it is, but the problem with the question is hmm. assuming that one of these things is the answer, whereas it's not the answer. The answer is to have a multi-layered ability that whichever one of those layers seems to be appropriate in that moment in time is the one that you're going to use. The scenario you just described might be out of the 23 possible drills that you could do for that one piece, like you said. Yeah, those 23 pieces of that drill might be 23 pieces of a second and each one of those might be the next piece that you're using in mm. that second. You know, your, your body and mind has to be very capable of trusting the work that you're doing but also having a variable shift in it that can actually change between any of those drills. Yeah, one thing that I've come across in that is that once the other person starts to adapt to what you're doing as an attacker it's worth shifting strategy a little bit anyway, right? So like, if the drill is just you know evade attacks without dipping your head and that kind of stuff and they start to take advantage of that because and adjust target in the head as snappy as they can then sometimes it's worth just moving a slightly different way just to kind of mix things up a little bit and then come back to the drill in various ways you know so you and so that's something that i've kind of found <laughs> a little bit in practice that can can help you kind of get you unstuck right when when the parameters of the drill seem too narrow and you're not learning anything anymore yeah i mean definitely you should always be working against the most competent fighter you can work against not the least competent one and if they're only attacking you in one way they're not really learning from what you're doing to yeah. counter what you're doing yeah so yeah you should definitely be shifting your abilities as the attacker as well not giving robot I mean, robot attacks are pointless right <laughs> I mean, look, there's time for zombie drills when you're learning fight a zombie type thing, you know? But, I mean, beyond that, you want to sort of... That zombie should start stepping into the reality of what they're doing as mm. well as, as an attacker because you have to learn system from both sides. It's, you have to learn it from an attacker's point of view and from a defender's point of view. I, I, I always think of the Top Gun analogy. Mm. I mean, obviously, just from a movie, but uh, I wasn't in Top Gun school. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could just blag it. Just say you were. It'd be fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, when I was... When I was flying in Top Gun. <laughs> you are dangerous. <laughs> so you learn how to fly the equivalent of the Russian or the enemy's jets to something that maneuvers the same, acts the same, and you use their tactics. Yeah. And doing that, then when you get into your American jet, then you start to understand the psychology, the capability, and everything is of the opponent. Right. But by just flying your own jet, you don't really get the, you know, everything's a surprise otherwise. Hmm. And you have to sort of, in that moment, and try and figure out your strategy. But if you have at least an idea of how somebody else is working, when they're changing, adapting as well, then yeah. that's what you should be working against. Check. Gotcha. 
Okay, so shifting gears a little bit, and um, this one's from uh, Dan in the UK, and he's asking, he's, I get the idea that he's fairly new to Sistema, he's only just started up recently, been to a couple of seminars maybe, but hasn't gotten to regular training yet, um, and he's asking, does somebody need to be skilled in other arts first in order to be an effective fighter um, in Sistema? For example, do you need to know how to punch first or manipulate joints correctly first, otherwise you'd just be more moving around? So is this Sistema, is Sistema as an operating system sufficient in itself, or do you have to kind of um, augment with other skills? Well, it depends who you are, it depends who you're training. Okay. Hmm. I have, over the years, seen some guys come into Sistema, they've only trained in Sistema, they've worked with me only in Sistema, and they're very competent. I've had other guys come from other martial arts who struggled with leaving those martial arts and getting these sort of operating system Sistema into mm. what they're doing. And I've had the third category, which is guys who are still training in other martial arts and use Sistema as an operating system to expand into those, okay. as well as Sistema training. I mean, personally, I teach a cross-section of concepts of other martial arts to my students, especially in L.A. I teach them how to box. I teach them how to grapple, uh, kickbox, and mainly from that sort of top, down, top gun yeah. concept. Yeah. Uh, you have to know what's coming at you, right? So, mm. and you're going to have students who will throw stuff at you like that as well, you know, competently. And also there's strategy to fighting. It's not just learning how to do things in even against what you would call pressure-testing opponents. Hmm. It's not the same as figuring out a strategy. Working in a certain way is not strategy. I mean, you can have two boxes working very similarly, but one has figured out how to out-strategize the other. Yeah. And it's through his experience of fighting that has allowed him to see how a mind works, how a body works, how an opponent will act and react to certain things. I don't think you can go wrong really learning how to fight and then doing other things by learning Sistema. I think you would find that in any situation, probably the fastest way to learn how to fight the very fastest is probably boxing. Because they're direct, right? It's the sh shortest distance between two points. Kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, and also, yeah. you're stuck in the rings almost immediately and you're yeah. learning how to do these sorts of things. I think that the fastest way to learn how to fight in any situation is Sistema. You have the experience of boxing and you understand what you want from the fight and then you can apply Sistema to that. The opposite side of it is that when I started Sistema, I doing a lot of different martial arts, a lot of full contact training, and I had to literally stop all those things to really get the concept of Sistema because otherwise you're kind of caught between two worlds, along in either one anymore. Yeah, I've seen that. It seems like it's, I mean, I've found it in myself, but also in other people from other arts, you know, um, especially striking heavy arts, right? And then you're trying to translate across to the Sistema way of striking, right? My background was only in kind of like grappling and throwing type arts before I did Sistema. So when I was learning Sistema striking, I had nothing to contrast it with really a lot, right? So I was like, just teach me how to strike. I really don't know how to do this, right? Um, but when you see people coming from other arts where they can strike, they can hit pretty hard, right? They don't hit the same way we do, but they can hit hard, right? And that sort of stuff. There, there seems to be this reluctance to let go, put the old thing down because they're like, well, I know it works, so there's no way I'm not going to do it, right? So, and in, in the reluctance to put the old thing down, they can't pick anything new up, right? And and I've certainly felt that in grappling stuff as well. You know, I'll start to default to grappling things that I know works, and and then I lose the opportunity to learn new things or or search in the gaps between techniques and things like that, right? So I think it happens to everybody to an extent, but but I guess what you're saying is you have to give yourself over to the operating system if you want to learn it, even if you do want to kind of like cross train a little bit, you have to have enough trust in the operating system to benefit from it definitely and you also have to ask why am i doing this yeah yeah what am i learning system for if you feel that it's just a kind of the oil that you want for the machine that you already have then that's fine if you want to completely drive a different machine then that's a different prospect
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. If you'd like to find out more about Sistema classes and seminars worldwide, please visit www.russianmartialart.com. That's www.russianmartialart.com, all one word. If you'd like to support the podcast, then please take a few minutes to review us on iTunes, which is probably the best way of getting the word out. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future guests and discussion topics, please contact us via www.ncsystema.com or email me directly at glenn at ncsystema.com. That's glenn with two n's at ncsystema.com. We welcome your feedback. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsystema.com. Many thanks, good health, and see you in training.